Hey everyone, check this out. Uh, as you can see, I'm here with Brandon Holdhouse. We have a special Sunday night for you. And for those of you who have been here before, we are obviously in Jerusalem. We're near the Jaffa Gate. You can see the shops. There are things going on here. You see, the, yeah, this is real. There really was the police <laughs> going by. If you saw the morning, you saw the UN out there and everything else. But uh, we've had quite a day here. Um, although Israel isn't open up tours yet, um, we are still able to come here with a group of pastors and uh, we're meeting different people. We still have a couple of more days here. But we're kicking off Daniel chapter 9 on Sunday nights right now. And I asked Brandon, hey, since you're here, if he could join me. So I'm going to read a couple of verses, Daniel chapter 9. And then we're going to talk about some things that really are going to be very informative for everybody because uh, there's just uh, so much misinformation that is out there. So we're going to bring the truth. But in Daniel Amen. chapter 9, beginning of verse 1. Oh, by the way, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, I read those verses, and a couple of things are very clear. God wants us to understand Bible prophecy. Amen. Amen. And specifically there, Daniel is saying, hey, I know there's Jeremiah wrote 70 years of captivity. Yeah. The Jews are about ready to go back home. We're at the end. After that, he prays, which I'll get into next week. But God wants us to understand sure. prophecy. Yeah. Daniel says, I understood when I read uh, the books, and this is what's going on. We're here in Jerusalem. <laughs> Daniel's talking about the same city. Yeah. But this is really totally fascinating we've learned yeah. so much today right and i and uh i mean as much as we keep learning it's amazing how we keep learning more and yeah. more yeah and, and when we look at jerusalem we can see people are still here things are still happening yes there's a war going up this is amazing it is and I, it goes back to daniel going back to the word of god to get his information and so even if we're here in jerusalem or any place in the holy land guys we always go back to the word of god and that's what we've been learning We've had a kind of a private tour and getting kind of inner, uh, inside information about archaeology, history of the location, and what does it do? Yeah. It confirms the Word of God. So what we're reading comes, you know, it's alive and, and it's backed up by history and evidence. That being the case, nope. the Word of God is proving itself historically, therefore we can trust it for the future. And that's where, you know, Tom comes in and other people that are in the prophecy world. Uh, we, we, we take that literally like, look, let's see how these things are unfolding. And being here, you definitely can see things unfolding. Oh, you can. And for people who think, you know, God's done with Israel, we know he's not. Right. Again, by the book. Um, also, I think of the rest of Daniel chapter 9, which we're not going to get into right now. Yeah. But we're going to talk a little bit about the coming temple because it is coming. But in Daniel chapter 9, later on, it says 70 weeks are determined for your people. It's Gabriel talking to Daniel for your people, for your whole, for the holy city, which is Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Uh, the 70th week of Daniel, the final seven-year period, God says it's determined. Um, it, it's, it has been settled. Yeah. And so we know it's going to happen. Nothing is going to stop it from happening. 
but we keep warning, we keep reminding people, hey, we are preparing people for the king who is coming. Yeah. And that's what people need to know. That's why we study prophecy. But again, we have the books. In Daniel chapter 9, we know there's a coming temple. Yeah. Daniel chapter 9, we know there's a covenant of Antichrist. Right. We know there's going to be sacrifice again. Yeah. We're here. And folks, we got this private tour, as Pastor Brandon mentioned, that we can't typically take tour groups on. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Yeah. But as we we just went back in history, yeah. looking at the temple, uh, the the models and yeah. the sacks that have been discovered. Right. And people, you know, we both battle with yeah. some of you guys out there, no doubt think the temple was in the old city of David. Yeah. Anybody who's been to Jerusalem before knows it's not true. So right. you guys want to argue right now. But I mean, wow, what an yeah. what an eye opener it was to just settle some of those facts. Yeah. Well, I know, and and the big thing, Tom, that they always say uh, is, well, there wasn't enough water supply going to where the, the current Temple Mount is. And that just got blown away by the archaeology that just got uncovered. There are cisterns, there, there are aqueducts that were feeding into the Temple Mount. And so uh, there was plenty of water. Uh, and so archaeologically and historically, it the, the the coming temple, the prophetic temple that's that's predicted that Israel will build, it's not going to be built in the city of David. It's going to be built on top of the Temple Mount. And and so now we have that verified by archaeology and, and history that, no, there was plenty of water. And we now know it, it was like an endless supply of living water. So that's what the great thing about our tour has been able to uncover. Just one of the one of the many things... Also, uh, just finding out the, the the pools of Solomon yeah. that are near Bethlehem, built before Herod. Uh, there were aqueducts that came from the pools of Solomon. Folks, these pools are massive. There's three of them. I mean, they are absolutely massive. And the aqueducts would come from the pools of Solomon all the way through the countryside into this area, just over, right over here yeah. is Herod's palace. Yeah, yeah. And the water would come, it was all over Jerusalem, all over the old city. <laughs> and going all the way to the Temple Mount, 30, there's 39 cisterns under the Temple Mount. Nobody talks about that. Right. And all the water that was here. Yeah. It's just absolutely amazing. But I mean, there's so many different facts that are out there where the temple was located. Right. In fact, Check this out. There's that model that we saw. Yes. Check this out. From 1872, commissioned by the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. So certainly, uh, they would not, if, if be Muslim, they would not want anybody to think there was a temple on top of the Temple Mount. But commissioned by the Ottoman Empire, 1872, stating that the temple was on the Temple Mount. Yep. Hence the name, the Temple Mount. 1872, commissioned by the Muslims. Right. That's just that blows incredible away. when you look at that. Yeah. And, and, and again, you, you, sometimes you have to go on the ground like we did and, and see the, the, the museum pieces um, to get the facts and evidence because people on the Internet, they just make anything up. They say what they want to say, and, and people don't know how to verify that. But, uh, and that's the problem with uh, people having platforms on, on YouTube and whatnot. They can't verify these things. So, so that's why it's important to get your, the right information, listening to the right people. And listening to these guys. So, so I don't know, most of you recognize, this is uh, Steve Wilburn. So, he's just walking by, so I made him up in here for a cameo. I did. Say hi to everybody, Steve. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Finding wonderful time here in Jerusalem. 
when you wake up in Jerusalem and it's this nice of a day, it's like, God bless everyone. This is yeah. so funny. I didn't know you were here. <laughs> hey, hey, Greg, what's hey, up, man? Hey, Pastor Greg hey. Benham is here, too. This is hilarious. He's talking about so, crashing the party. Yeah, right. right. It's like everything was going good till these guys showed up. No, no one actually listening to you and loves you wants us in this right now. No, they we do. Probably <laughs> leave. I can't do that. No, let me put all your, everybody's name in the, in the description. Okay, this okay, is great. Great. We'll see you in a week. God bless you. Okay, yeah. All right, right, man. God bless you. Good day. God bless you guys. See ya. That's hilarious. That's funny. Wow. (laughs) So, I don't even... Well, well, the the point is, is, is you you have to do the research. You have to find out what does archaeology say? What 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 does history say? Which, obviously, marries with the Bible, and that's why we, we take God's word as it is, and, and then know the precision of things. So, the prediction is when the temple gets built, it will be built. Uh, scripture predicts this. Uh, it's going to be the, the the temple that Antichrist desecrates. But where will it be built? Well, it's, it's clear it'll be built on the Temple Mount somewhere. Uh, where the exact location is, is going to be built on the Dome of the Rock? We don't know, but it will be on that Temple Mount. And and so now we have the historical and ge- uh, geographical and archaeological evidence of where the temple uh, was was and will be. Yeah. No, I'm going to throw something else out there, too. Okay. So we look at that. <laughs> a couple of things. One of them is, according to Daniel chapter 9, Antichrist puts an end to sacrifice. So we know yes. animal sacrifice has to start again. Yeah. Which is interesting. You know, Mondo Gonzalez talks about the red heifer. Yeah. Has a lot of information on that. Uh, so I want to ask you about your thoughts on that in a minute. But also, here's something else. There are those who place the temple in the gazebo area. For those of you who are familiar with it, been on the Temple Mount, you know, the gazebo area is just north of the Gold Dome. And uh, and others like myself, I think you too, yeah. place the temple where the Gold Dome is. Yeah. And you've been, you've been yes. in. I have. In there. Yeah, and, and it's funny, guys. When, when uh, I used to, be, used to be able to go on the, the, the top of the Temple Mount and go into the Golden Dome, like, no problem. Now it's all restricted. But when I went in, in there... I went inside the Golden Dome and I I saw the rock. I saw the rock. That's the outcropping of Mount Moriah, and right there was a cutout. And this cutout is the exact same size of the Ark of the Covenant. And I thought there. This was in the late 90s, and I said, "There's where it went. It's right there." And you could see the cutout, the same dimensions. It blew me away. It blew me away. So again, what does prophecy say? It's going to be built. How does that? Is that going to be on the Dome of the Rock? Maybe. How does it get out of there? I don't know. But we know somehow this it will be built. And talking about the animal sacrifices, we were just at a place today where they are training to do the sacrifices. And they were they were using the altar they're going to use on the temple. And, and they were burning animals as this whole burnt offerings. And they've already started the process of it, yeah. which is amazing. This is wild. So sorry about that. I still have this cough going on. But okay, let's think about that with what we saw today. Yeah. So with um, what you guys know, I mean, if the temple's going to be built, um, there's not going to be they're going to have any of the red tape, the building restrictions that are typically there. They're going to be completely removed. Yeah. They're going to build the temple incredibly fast. Plus, everything is going to be prefab when we think. Right. As, as Roddy mentioned today, hey, they had to prefab all the 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 boulders everything that was used everything that was chiseled and yeah. hammered outside of the city and then bring it right. into the area where the temple would be built 
So in the same sense, everything's prefab. We, we know that we see it. Uh, the Temple Institute has been building yes. these things. Yeah. The priestly garments, all yeah. of the utensils that are necessary. But with that, as you mentioned, the altar. So the altar that they plan to use for the coming temple, where you said... Yeah. They, they have the animal sacrifice that they did 2018. I yeah, 2018. Right outside, if, if like we mentioned, right next to us is Herod's Palace, and it would be just that way from where we're standing. Yeah, right. Uh, is where they did this animal sacrifice on that temple in 2018, the same place where many people believe Jesus was brought before the mob by Pilate, yes, and Pilate said, "What do you want me to do with this man? Crucify him! Crucify him!" Right outside there, where this this animal was uh, uh, sacrificed. Yeah, in I mean, it's just fascinating. Isn't it amazing? And the same the same altar that's going to be used yeah. for the planned sacrifice that's coming. It blows me away. And 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 guys, uh, you think about it. It's been two thousand years. And now all these things are coalescing. The, we, we call it the convergence of factors, whether you're talking about the temple or whatnot. Think about this, another converging factor for the temple. You gotta have a Levitical priesthood. Okay, so since the records were burned in 70 AD because of Titus who destroying the temple records, no Jew knew what tribe they're from until DNA came into play. And now through DNA, they have been able to find the, the, the lineage of the Levitical line because they need the Levitical priesthood. And through DNA, they find a marker in all these people that have the last name uh, Cohen, Levinson, Levitt, those things. And guess what? The marker on them says they come from one ancestor and the ancestor is traced to 1400 BC. Oh, I wonder who that is. It's Aaron. Yeah, that is just. Uh, it, this blows me away. So, so they have uh, a priesthood available. Now they got the the, the sacrifice available, and and so here's what I want to make a disclaimer though, guys. It's all exciting in the sense that prophecy is getting ready to be fulfilled, but that temple is not sanctioned by God. If you guys read Isaiah 66, he will talk to them and say, "I'm." You, you making a sacrifice on that temple that's unsanctioned by me is like you sacrificing the dog to me. Don't do it. And the only one that's going to be sanctioned is when Messiah comes yeah. back and builds yeah. the, the millennial temple. Which, which brings me to another question, another, another talking point, I guess. So um, there's groups that believe the temple's going to be built where the gazebo is, for those of you who have seen it, north of the Gold Dome. There's you and I who believe the correct temple will be built where the current gold yeah, dome is. Yeah. Well, what? Well, where is it in this case? Because right now, let's say Saks, if that gold dome is somehow removed, there's gonna there will be World War III. Yes, I right. mean, we can already see what's going on here in Israel yeah. right now. So <sighs> I'm guessing that perhaps the temple that's coming of Antichrist will be north of the gold dome where the gazebo is and the true messianic temple will be yeah. after that when Yeshua comes back yes. and where the gold dome is. At that place will be removed and there will be no argument. Yes. I'm just saying that as a possibility. I, I think it's a good possibility. It's a good speculation. And you know, the interesting thing, and another little clue, is you guys look at um, Revelation chapter 11, and, and it says, take a measuring reed and measure out the court of the Gentiles on the Temple Mount. And it says that court of the Gentiles is given over to the Gentiles um, during that tribulation period. So it's, it's, it's interesting that Israel will not control the entire Temple Mount because of that verse. They'll control a part of it. 
And so that goes to that theory yeah. that they'll share it, possibly. And so how, how that happens, I don't know, yeah. but it uh, see, it seems some, Yeah, it does seem somehow the area up there well, on the current Temple Mount will be shared. Right now, it's not really shared. Right. I mean, right. Christians and Jews, they're not, you can go up there, but you're not really welcomed up there. Right. But you can, right. you can go up there. But we certainly couldn't do a video like this up there. No. Uh, oh, you can, forget yeah. it. Um, okay. Well, we look, how much time do we have left? Okay. So when we look at all of these different dynamics that are going on, um, I look at Daniel chapter nine, and again, Daniel understood by reading the book. Yeah. And it's understanding the need. You know, people say, well, you shouldn't really pay attention to Bible prophecy. Now, granted, yeah. sometimes you can take it to, ex to an extreme. As some people look at the Bible and Bible prophecy like a riddle to be solved. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's understanding it is God's word. Right. And when we understand it in the right perspective, there's a, a balance that needs to be in there, too. Yeah. And... You know, so you start when you start to do it like a riddle. That's where we get predictions that are false. Right. We get some really mm -hmm. bad stuff that gets it, that gets in the way that causes a lot of confusion. Yeah. Uh, lies, deception. Yeah. And anxiety. Yeah. Um, the rapture didn't happen in whatever year. Yeah. Right. And, th and therefore, people they 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 just they they walk away or whatever it is. But it really is problematic if you don't stick to the book. And you mentioned, uh, I believe it was before we even went on air, was um, you need to understand it, the, the Jewish scriptures. Yeah. Uh, and, and the whole book is Jewish. Old Testament yes. and New Testament, we had, need to have the right <clears throat> perspective, which helps to come to Jerusalem yes. and get a right perspective. Absolutely. You're, you're hitting on the, uh, the nail on the head because, guys, what, what you have to think about when you're studying scripture, and like you mentioned, it's from a Jewish perspective. So how did the Jews think? The Jews don't think like Gentiles. They think in patterns and projections. And uh, you see on the YouTube, uh, these newspaper eschatology guys, and they'll say, this is that. And that's what gives us a bad, bad rap uh, as far as prophecy teachers. But when you think from a Jewish perspective, what are we looking for? We're looking for, okay, what does the scripture say and what will happen? And then we look for patterns and trajectories and projections that are going in that direction. And that's what Tom does, that's what I do, is show where, what, where is the pattern going? And, and we don't do this is that, because that's what gets us in trouble. And so the Hebrew mind looks for pattern, and that's what you should be looking for. So like for instance, like what we're seeing on the ground right now as a pattern, I'm seeing Israel militarily become more isolated. And I'm seeing the United States breaking away uh, of its support of Israel because it's woke or it's going to satisfy these leftists. So what, what pattern am I looking for? I'm looking for Zechariah, who mentions that Israel will one day be isolated. So that's how you, you study prophecy and, and are able to gauge it properly. Yeah, that, that's excellent. So when, I mean, when people are looking at this, they're seeing all this behind us right now. Yeah. Um, they might think, hey, everything is just fine here and things like that. I mean, it's pretty busy today. Yeah. However, there still is a war going on. Yeah. Uh, still not opened up to tourism. We're here, as I mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, it's a pastor group, and we're meeting different people for the next couple of days. But when we look at this, it's very real. We, we see what we, we can tell. You mentioned Jerusalem. Uh, Israel's going to be more and more isolated. Jerusalem is. I think in a conversation we had a few, year, a few days ago, maybe even on New Year's Eve, was that what we were witnessing is who are the Jews going to trust? Yeah. Um, in fact, right. I believe you brought it out. They, they, 
can't trust your own government anymore. Yeah. Um, the IDF was caught off guard. Yes, generals. I mean, there's so many yeah. different dynamics in there. Yeah. Who do they trust? Can't trust the United States. You look around, but something's going to happen. Yeah. Something's going to come out of this on the other side. And we know that because of what the book tells us. Yes. And so, uh, uh, to add to that, guys, if you study what, what, what has happened in the last 30 years militarily to Israel, is they had t- taken a, a position of being dependent on the United States. And that has got them in trouble because now the United States is telling them how to fight a war. And so they, stop, they, 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 they haven't made weapons themselves. They don't even make their own artillery, their own shells. What does that do? It puts them in a dependent state. Okay, so if the United States breaks away and says, you know what? You guys are doing what we told you not to do. We're not going to support you. Then where does that leave Israel? It, because they're still dependent. They're not a, well, uh, 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 They're not manufacturing their own weapons. Well, then there comes in the man with a plan. The man with the plan. And and there and then all of a sudden you can see the setup of that possibly of a guy coming in saying, "Well, then I'll protect you. Don't. It won't be the United States. It'll be me." I'll provide for you. And, 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 and then religiously, Tom, you and I both know this, the, mess, the Messiah they're looking for is more of a political Messiah. And that seems to be feeding right into this. Yeah. Well, in fact, when we go back to the first century, we see what were the Jews looking for? Yeah. They were looking for a political Messiah. They were really were looking for a savior of their souls. Yeah. And the same thing we have today, but it's not just Israel. The whole world is looking for a political savior. The United States is definitely looking for a political savior. So what a setup we have for that. As we go all the way through chapter 9 of uh, Daniel, Mm -hmm. we recognize the interesting things. The 70 70 weeks are determined, settled for your people. There's no way to stop it. It is going to happen. However, we need to pursue righteousness. And I love what you do with your ministry, not just prophecy, but also we preach the truth on marriage. Yeah, this gender, this gender madness, pro-life. You're right. Right on the the school issues. Right. We have to we have to be salt and light in the world. As part, how are we going to be part of the restraining force if we're not salt and yeah, light? Exactly. But as we go through it, it says seventy weeks are determined for your people, for your holy city, Jerusalem, um, to make an end of transgression, yeah. an end of sin, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Yep. Seal up vision and prophecy as written in the book, the Bible. Yeah. And to anoint the most holy. So all of it is about the Messiah, uh, we, we say, coming back. Yeah. But with that, as we read through the rest of Daniel chapter 9, next few verses, what is it? It's about Antichrist. As you said, the man with the plant It's the warning with the end to animal sacrifice. Yes. Going to enter into a covenant, right. an, an agreement, confirm a covenant with yeah. Eddie for one week. Yep. And we see that day coming and every the world is set up for it. Israel is being set up for it, isolated, as you mentioned. And we see what's going on in Gaza right now. Of course, we're going to be there tomorrow witnessing that uh, right up front. But we see it all coming together. And it's just a reminder we are preparing people for the king. I know we're we got like one minute left or something. Do you have anything you want to say to 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 everybody? Well, I can just tell you, the signs of the times are pointing in that direction. We won't know the day or the hour, but you would know the season, the Apostle Paul said. And we're in that season, guys. So we need to be about our Father's work. Be doing just doing what he's told us to do, 
and be ready to to get out of here soon. So that's a good that's the good news. Amen. Hey, thank All right. You, thank you Bet so you, much man. for joining. It's been great being here with Pastor Brandon and and the other guys too, uh, and even the cameo guys who we didn't know were right. going to be here. But listen, God bless you guys, and uh, please please pray for us. We expect to be back in the states on Tuesday, and uh, we'll be keeping you updated on everything else that's going on. God bless. God Thanks bless. for joining us. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.